Hey there, I'm Renee, a former hot mess shopping addict turned minimalist mindset guru. In three years, I went from totally broke to debt-free minimalist, started a money-generating blog, and healed my marriage while being a homeschooling, stay-at-home mom. And I did most of this with nothing more than a library card and a prayer. Looking back, there is one thing I wish I had had a friend to share the journey with me who actually understood what I was going through. This is my hope for the Unstuffed podcast, to be a place where you can shake off the need to people please and where we can both show up as our authentic selves, even if we're still in yesterday's sweatpants. Think of this as a standing coffee date with an old friend whose only job is to hear you out, hype you up, remind you that you are already enough and doesn't mind if you spike your coffee. As always, let's keep this simple. Life is hard enough. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to the Unstuffed Inner Circle. It's me, your host, Renee. Today I want to talk to you about a topic that you probably know is near and dear to my heart because it was one of those hard-learned lessons that I really had to experience for myself in order to grow and be better from it. Um, So today I want to talk to you about how you can avoid living a lifestyle that you can't afford. Um, I don't know where all of this information was back in 2013 when our family got way in over our heads financially, but nevertheless, it is here for you now. Um, If you are someone who feels like you are always struggling with money and can't seem to get ahead, there may be some life circumstances that are making it difficult, but you might also have fallen into the trap of living above your means. This is something people can so easily fall into without realizing just how much it's going to drain them energetically and financially. What's worse is that some of the financial institutions we decide to blindly trust are usually aware that we are making a huge mistake or they might not even have a clue themselves about what is and isn't a good financial practice. So as a former broke girl, I feel it is my duty to fill in some gaps for you to prevent you from drowning financially or give you some ideas on how to get out of your current situation if you find yourself treading water. My first thing that I cannot shout out enough is that it is so important for you to learn how to design your life. One of the best things that you can do for yourself that will allow you to see results in every single area is to intentionally design your life rather than just letting life happen to you. When you learn how to do this, you may like just find yourself with more clarity, more peace, and fewer financial burdens that are weighing you down. If you're not quite sure how to do this, but you love the idea of taking control of your own life and building it the way that you want to, come ch- join my free training, the Massive Action Masterclass. You can click it in the show notes to come sign up. It is completely free to register, and I would love to have you there if you are looking for more resources on how to build a life that feels aligned with you and who you want to be. Okay, so first of all, when it comes to 
avoiding living a lifestyle that you can't afford. This sounds so contradicting, but stop thinking more money. I remember a day, several days actually, when I would realize that our bank account was low again and I would go into panic thinking that I needed to find a job. At the time, I was a stay-at-home mom and my husband Tom was working full-time. On occasion, I would work part-time jobs here and there just to have something to do and get some extra cash. However, whenever money felt tight, I always felt I needed to work more or find a job with more hours. Um, and immediately, I would start scanning the wanted ads in the newspaper. It's it's so funny how times have changed. Like, the wanted ads in the newspaper, is that even a thing? I mean, it probably is, but not in my book anymore. Um, what I didn't realize, though, at the time was that because I was already in the habit of spending without purpose, making more money would have only allowed me to spend more money still without any purpose behind it. Um, you know, this is a common misconception. People think, I just need more money. I just need more money and then I'll be fine. And the, the reality is... Um, that's like saying, when I have more Oreos, I'll have better self-control with my eating habits. You know, if you struggle with eating um, six Oreos and you have the option to have 10, you're probably going to go for 10. I mean, they're Oreos, right? They're amazing. If you don't have control with what you currently have, you're not going to all of a sudden get more control when you have more money. Um, so now in some cases... Yes, you might find that your family does, in fact, require more money. You may very well need more money, even though what I'm saying to you is here is to not always think in those terms. Um, you know, oh, cost these days, I, the cost of living is is rising and times are stressful. I'm very aware of that and I don't ever want to pretend like I'm ignorant to that. And there are a lot of people who... Um, are living below the poverty line. And so yes, more money may very well be something you need, but just hear me out as we go here. Because a lot of times you might be able to find money right where you are, but no one ever teaches us that. That's never a thought that crosses most people's mind. We just think we need more. We need more. We need more. Um, without taking the time to look and get um, kind of crafty with what we currently have. So it's so important to know your money. One of the scariest things to do, especially when you are struggling or feeling overwhelmed financially, is to actually sit and look at your money. Ugh, I get it. Opening up your bank account to see $0 balance or even a negative balance can send a person into depression faster than it takes you to shut your laptop. Not only that, but you just might have to come face to face with where you have been spending your money. You scan through your purchases to see fast food restaurants, Target, 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 Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. <laughs> what did you even buy? I know this because believe me, I know how shitty it can feel to open your bank account in an attempt to just find where your money has gone only to have to come face to face with the reality that you are in fact the one who made it all disappear. This was my routine for months, years every single month for years. So if this sounds familiar, here's what I want you to do. Take a deep breath. Seriously, people say it, but I need you to do it. Through the nose, in through the nose, out through the mouth, I tell my kids. <sighs> Plan 
to not like what you see. You know you are going into a shit storm. Do not pretend like fairies are going to come flying out of that bank account when you know it's going to be rough. Write down and record your actual spending. If you aren't sure how to do the spending inventory, um, I'm going to link to one of my YouTube tutorials below so that you can check it out where I kind of walk you through how you can do it. Coming face to face with the reality of your finances and just how much or how little money you have can feel totally debilitating. And I freaking get that. To make it less awful, I want you to do these two things to make it a little bit more worth it. So it's not just totally, it's not just like a shame fest. I'm not just like, look at what you did. You look at that bank account and you feel mad at yourself. Not at all. That is not going to serve you. It's not going to get you anywhere. Here's what I want you to do instead. Decide what spending you can eliminate. Look at this as if you are looking at somebody else's bank account and go, okay, what can we eliminate here? This is a genius way to get more money back in your life if you can get more money back in your bank account every month. Because this is a way of not, you're, I mean, you're not making more money, you're just taking more of your own money back. So decide what spending you can eliminate, especially every month. So that might be, I have three subscription services, I'm gonna cancel two of them. I just told my kids this morning, my son was saying, I'm going to see if we still have Amazon. I was like, I'm going to save the trouble. We don't. We don't have Amazon because we we don't really watch Amazon, um, the subscription. And mom so easily goes to Amazon. It's so easy for me to quickly go to Amazon and buy stuff. And I do it with an Amazon card. Um, so it's so easy for me to detach that spending from our actual spending versus if I have to go to the store or I, I'm just going to have to get this somewhere else or it slows me down and stops me. Anyway, I canceled our Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Long story short, I canceled our Amazon this, this past month or a couple months ago. Hey there, it's me, Renee. I hate to interrupt your episode, but I just had to check in to see if you had heard about the unstuffed inner circle yet. This is my monthly membership group where I get to connect with you guys on a personal level. Come hang out for a monthly coffee date where no topic is off limits, or come join the book club where I will share with you some of the books that have transformed my life. And I've made customized study guides just for you. There are also monthly declutter challenges, or you can sit in on podcast recordings before anybody else even gains access. Plus, you get access to some of my best programs totally for free. If you love the idea of getting a deeper dive into all things self-growth and simplicity and where you can get plugged into a like-minded community hosted by yours truly, check the show notes for more info and see if there's a group that feels right for you. Okay, now let's get back to the podcast. So if you have an Amazon account, like I just told my son this morning, it was $13 plus say a Hulu account, which is like $8. You have around 20 bucks right there. And now it's so easy for us to say, oh, it's only $20 a month. That's only $20 a month. That's an extra $240 per year. You can do a lot of damage with an extra $240 per year. And the more that you can look at your account in this way and keep finding these little $20, these little $5 fines here and there, the more that money has the potential to add up. And it is a whole lot easier to do that than it is to find yourself a second job or work more hours. Number two, decide what things you can spend less on. 
So when you go through your bank account, if you notice that you are in the habit of spending like $200 per month on Starbucks, get yourself a preloaded Starbucks gift card for $150. You are still allowing yourself to spend, but you're shaving back a little bit. One of the worst things that you can do for yourself is to see that you're spending $200 per month on Starbucks and and say you're never going to do it again. I'm going to only drink my coffee at home. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to still go to Starbucks. You may as well fess up, admit that you're going to go to Starbucks and decide to spend a little bit less so that you can save a little bit more and have a little bit more financial leeway in your bank account. And then make a decision for what you are going to do with this extra money. Making these two small decisions can help put you back in control of your money and spark a new way of thinking where you are working to bring more money into your account rather than focusing on how much may have disappeared. Next, I want you to consider all costs. Before making any financial decisions, consider all the costs of your purchases. This can go for big purchases like a house or a car. However, it can also go for smaller purchases like clothing and kids toys. Let me explain. When it comes to major financial purchases, the hidden costs associated with these purchases are often called phantom costs. These are additional expenses that you don't always consider that can increase the amount of money you devote to your new home or your new car each month beyond your monthly payment. So here are some examples. For a new home, these are things I did not consider. The increase um, in your homeowner's insurance, that that might go up. The increase in utilities, property taxes, the services to maintain the house, duct cleaning, new roof, water filters, air filters, everything's going to need to be updated. Lawn care equipment. We moved from a townhouse into a regular house, which meant we needed like rakes and shovels because our townhouse, they had done all that for us. We needed rakes, shovels, snowblowers. Being in Minnesota, we needed a lawnmower. We needed like lawn care stuff. We needed to do the mulch. We needed to do a lot of the gardening. We had to learn how to garden. F, it was a lot. (laughs) You also might need new furnishings if you are moving into a bigger space. And you also have to plan for future updates. A house comes with a ton of phantom costs that people often don't consider. You just see your monthly mortgage payment and assume that that's it without considering all of the additional expenses. Same goes with a new car. Consider your gas expenses. What is your gas mileage? How much is that going to cost you? Oil changes. How often are you going to drive? How many oil changes are you going to need every few months? Repairs on the car and yearly tabs. While phantom costs are often used in reference to hidden financial costs, it's just important, just as important to remember the costs of smaller purchases as well. So when I say like new clothes, consider that that means when you're going through and doing like a major shopping spree, like I used to all the time, really consider this with new clothes. Okay. Really, 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 really. When you're buying clothes for you or your kids or anybody in your household, think about the fact that you're just adding more laundry. This is more laundry for me, right? Potential interest. If you buy it with a credit card, you're going to be paying more than you're buying it for. So if you think you're getting a deal, remember that you're not because you're going to pay the interest and it's all around just more additional clutter that you are going to have to maintain. Same thing goes with like kids toys. It's more cleanup, potential fights breaking out, and then more you're just going to have to declutter later. 
does this mean that all of these things are not worth it and we just shouldn't do anything? No. It's simply that we often forget about just how big of a price we pay for the things we say we want. Keeping these reminders in the back of your mind may help you slow your future purchases and be a little more intentional when it comes to leaping into a new decision. And remember to focus on your future. Another way that we can easily get ourselves swept up in living a life that we can't afford is when we are so focused on buying whatever is currently trending. Your friend group is buying houses, so you feel pressured to buy a house. Everyone at work just got the iPhone upgrade, and now you feel left out. That one asshole from high school just took an all-inclusive vacation to Fiji, and you are sure as hell, you sure as hell do not want her thinking that her life is better than yours. Your life is amazing. You're gonna show her, and you're gonna prove it. So you book a trip to the Dominican Republic for your whole family, and you buy yourself brand new swimsuits that are way cuter than hers. <laughs> Now, these might not be the exact examples, but chances are you have fallen into a few of these pitfalls throughout your time on earth or something similar to them. In order to avoid these little soul-sucking money traps, why not consider asking yourself this one important question? What is it that I actually want my life to look like? When you can hold a vision for what it is you want for your life, P.S. broad statements like, I just want to be happy, doesn't count. Everybody wants to just be happy, doesn't work. You can work to refocus your attention whenever you are feeling pulled in a different direction. So if you see that little miss snooty pants from high school is going on an awesome vacation, you can go, oh, but remember... My focus is to go here, you know, I want to take hiking vacations. That's kind of a pivot that we made in our family. Or, you know what, that's great for her, but my focus is to make sure my kids can get into sports. My focus right now is really devoting my time and energy to starting up this business. It's okay that I don't have money to take a Dominican Republic vacation right now because my focus is elsewhere and that's okay. Doing that helps so much if you can connect your emotions to your brain. So I want to give you the reminder that if you are really in the habit of making impulsive financial decisions, you are most definitely being led by your emotions. If you are anything like me, hashtag recovering shopaholic, then you probably know that rush that comes along with shoving items into your cart. The rush that comes along with it can feel like it's your freaking birthday and you're eight years old again. That same sugar rushed feeling can go hand in hand with buying a new house, car, toilet. Welcome to adulthood, right? The options are seriously endless. As someone who used to be completely run by her emotions, let me tell you that learning to recognize when I was in that rushed state, that so excited childlike state and working to turn on my thinking brain was one of the best things I have ever learned how to do. Um, I've learned that this is actually a Buddhist technique. Buddhists call this quieting the monkey mind. They talk about getting the child and the parent to work together in our own minds. Taking the time to get your emotions on board with your brain can help you be better guided by your emotions in an intelligent way and can help you make more aligned decisions when it comes to big or small financial choices. And lastly, if you 
in any area of your life are seeking expansion and knowledge, it is so important to find a guide that can help you out, whether that's a financial guide uh, or something else. You can read blog posts, books, listen to podcasts. Hello. They can be so helpful, but sometimes it's nice to have a little additional guidance and a place where you can ask questions. So if you are hoping to find a little bit more clarity on this particular subject of living a more aligned life, both financially and spiritually, um, come check out my three-part series, my Massive Action Masterclass. It's totally free to register. I will leave the link in the show notes. And remember, your life is so much bigger than stuff. Thank you so much for tuning into the Unstuffed podcast. I'm so glad that you were here. And remember, I love to hear from you guys as well. So please take the time to write a review so that each week I can read one of your reviews live on the air. And if you're not quite ready to be done, don't forget that you can head to reneevenis.com slash links where you can access some of my free trainings and my free guides. You can also gain access to my programs and my trainings, including mini school. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, keep it simple. Life is complicated enough.